You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. You are an amazing God. This evening we ask that bless us, bless our presence in our meeting. Let your name be honored in our gathering. Let only Jesus be exalted. May we live here, O oh God, with our hearts transformed, with our minds renewed, with our spirit empowered to journey upwards to the praise and glory of your name. Amen. Okay. So God bless you. Thank you for making time to be with us last week. Um, on Tuesday, we started talking about um, the dangers of carnality, not just this Tuesday, but the past week also. It has been a subject that we've been treating, the dangers of carnality. But on Tuesday, what we saw was we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, how the Apostle Paul was talking about not being ignorant of the spiritual. Now, on Tuesday, the the main, the, the core idea I really wanted you to ca- catch in your spirit is that carnality is the nature of man. Man was born carnal. As far as you are a human being born of a woman into the earth realm, you are carnal. And so, Carnality in itself is not a sin. However, there is something called the passions of the flesh. The passions that dwell in the human body. These passions, the Bible says that it has the potential to lead us to a place where we are alienated from God's presence and God himself. And, and that is where the issue is. And we, we real, uh, yes, Tuesday I was talking to us that, you know, carnality, according to First Corinthians chapter 3, has to do with the, the Christian that is a baby, the Christian that is not able to take care of himself or herself, the Christian that must be catered for. The, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. This is the Christian that drinks milk. This Christian is unable to chew bones. And he's not able to handle the, the deep things of God. And we also try to telegraph the idea that carnality is, is dangerous in the sense that, uh, and that is what we learned from the man of God, Francis, when he was teaching us last week, Thursday, carnality will lead to death because to live in the flesh is death. And it will also lead to the lack of the experience of God. So what happens is that we have a lot of Christians that have not experienced God. And so when we talk about the things of God, they are mostly theoretical to the carnal Christian. So the Bible says that the things of God, they are spiritual and the carnal mind 
cannot appreciate it. When I say the carnal mind cannot appreciate it, what I mean is that the carnal mind cannot understand it. The carnal mind cannot decipher it. The carnal mind cannot break it down. And so um, that is that is what is going to lead into today's discussion. We are still talking about carnality and we have considered the nature. We looked mostly last week at the nature of carnality, how it, it is part of man, it is part of humanity. But as believers, we are called to overcome. Three things that we talked about from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Carnality, that means that we become the dispensers of the gift. So, carnality will cause us to lose out on we as an individual believer not being used by God in way of the dispensing of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then also, carnality will lead us to will prevent us from experiencing the administrations of Christ. Administrations of Christ. Then the third thing is that it will lead us not to experience the operations of God. So carnality will lead us not to experience the gift of the Spirit or it will prevent us from becoming partakers of the gift of the Spirit. Two, it will prevent us from experiencing or partaking in the administrations of the Lord. Then the third thing is that it's going to prevent us from experiencing the operations of the Father or God. That is what we saw in First Corinthians chapter 12. Today we are going to look at another dimension of our discussion. And here we are going to talk about, you know, um, the first thing I talked about um, last last week was that in considering the dangers of carnality, um, we'll be looking at three main things. And, and that's the first thing that we've looked at, that is what carnality is, what it entails. The, the second thing I want us to consider today is what I call the absurdity of the prophetic the absurdity of the prophetic. We are still talking about the dangers of carnality, the absurdity of the prophetic, the absurdity of the prophetic. Now, some years ago, uh, um, the Lord led me to write an article. It's called The Bane of the Prophetic. But it's, it's, it's in that light. What I'm going to talk to you about is in that light of the being of the prophetic. But this time we're going to call it the absurdity of the prophetic. Now, let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 19. We're going to read verses 8 to 10. Revelation chapter 19, verses 8 to 10. We have the scripture posted. Okay, it says that, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called 
unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Verse 10. And he fell at his feet to worship him. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am also thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren, I have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Beloved, Christianity is a prophetic walk. To walk with Christ is to have his prophetic testimonies. Now, after the final seal was broken, there was it triggered a kind of activity in, in heaven. And this activity was the final judgment of the woman that was called Babylon, the one who presided over the carnality of the earth. I don't know. I think uh, we, 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 we might have to read that to understand who this woman is. She is called the great prostitute. Uh, to understand the context, we have to read Revelation chapter 17. Then it says that then one of the seven angels who had the seven rules came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and it had seven heads ten horns the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality and on her forehead was written the name of mystery babylon the great mother of prostitutes and the earth abominations so you have to understand that this woman who is seated on this beast is the presiding spirit over every canal activity. You see, remember, I talked about Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 7, and where in particular in Romans chapter 7, it tells us that we, the, the canal person is that person that serves God in his or her mind, but their, their flesh or their actions cannot serve God because the, the statement that they always make is 
the good that I want to do, I am unable to do, and the evil that I don't want to do is what I always find myself doing. So I want you to remember that. But when we come to Revelations, we realize that carnality itself is not just about the passion or the nature. Carnality is a spirit. And this spirit is called Great Babylon. It is this spirit that governs the world. Remember this, it says that the woman was adorned with gold, with pearls. So th th this, this is a spirit that uh, it, 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 it speaks all manner of blasphemies, blasphemies. Uh, you know how in, 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 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says that concerning the spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant. And that uh, it, it talks about it is we have varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, right? So the gift, the gift and the spirit, the gift and the spirit. This woman, this woman is also a spirit and he gives gifts and his gift is what we call sensuality sensuality uh, we, every woman uh, women are characterized by different kinds of adjectives we call we call some people cute we call some people beautiful then we call we call some people sexy all these adjectives are, are motivated by sensuality sensuality and we are being told that it is this woman that presides over the governance and the disbursement of this sensuality now remember sensuality in itself is not sinful because as human beings we need sensuality uh, we, sensuality is, is 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 very important to human engagement when somebody smiles at you it produces a certain emotion in you. It makes you smile back. If somebody passes at you or argues with you, it produces a certain emotions. It causes you to react in a certain way. So sensuality is a gift from God. But you see, this gift has been corrupted in our world by this spirit called Great Babylon. And Great Babylon is described as a woman. Now, a lot of people will ask, what has this got to do with the absurdity of the prophetic? I'm coming there and I'm going to show how it links to carnality. You see, a woman is not just any person. This woman is also described as the great prostitute. I mean, let's, let, let's just paint a very grotesque picture in your mind. It's, it's, it's a sad picture to paint in your mind, but it is necessary for us to appreciate the discussion that we are making today. Listen, the woman is described as a prostitute. In our world today, when we talk about a prostitute, an ideal prostitute, what will we be talking about? First of all, we are going to talk about 
a woman with a decent height. Then we are going to talk about a woman with a decent shape. We we are when we say a decent shape, we all understand the front is speaking, the back is speaking, the the, the sides are molded. Then this woman is described as somebody adorned with gold, pearls, and other precious things. So we are we are looking at a woman that is you know who has covered every blemish on the skin, <laughs> eyelashes, lipstick, everything intact. But it's not just the the person, it's what the person is wearing. We are looking at somebody who is wearing something probably with the breast so pressed together that when when you see it, they, they one of the things that they do is that they put the crucifix in between the crevices of their breast as if they are suffocating Jesus. <laughs> and this is the presentation of a prostitute. The other, the other idea of the prostitute is that the prostitute is loosed. Is is he's a loose female person? What do I mean by a prostitute is a loose female person? A prostitute is willing to sleep with anybody or everybody as long as they can pay them. So they live for pleasure. A prostitute lives for pleasure. The goal of a prostitute is to produce pleasure, to bring in quote happiness. They don't want to know sadness. Everything that they do is about happiness. It's about getting drunk. It's about doing drugs. It's about it's, it's about the thrill. It's about you know all these little 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 things. But this is what the Bible. This is the presentation of the woman we have. But what are we saying? What we are saying is this. The spirit of Jesus is the spirit of, of prophecy. The prophetic is about things of the spirit. So when we talk about prophecy, it's about somebody entering into the unnatural realm, that is the realm of the spirit, and seeing events, situations, occurrences, happenings, getting understanding, getting knowledge to bring perspective and insight in order to advise, direct a people in the earth realm to, to, to cause a certain reaction or to cause, a, to realize a certain objective through the behavior of people or trying to understand the behavior of people, right? So the Christian journey is about this kind of life. If you ever are going to have a testimony in Jesus, that testimony is first going to originate in the realm of the spirit. And that is why sometimes we can come here and we can see some things that looks impossible and yet are possible or we talk about things things that seem private but yet they are not private so 
our work with Jesus is a prophetic work, and the prophetic work requires that we live in the Spirit. Today, I'm going to spend most of my time in the book of Revelation, so bear with me. In Revelation chapter 4, the Bible says that Apostle John says that, and, and I heard the voice that spoke to me, the voice that sounded like a trumpet. I heard that voice once again. And the voice said that, and he said, I behold, I looked up and I saw a door opened in the heavens. Then the voice said to me that, come up hither. And he says that and immediately I was in the spirit. And immediately I was in the spirit. So you see, there are, there are times that the things that we do, we wish we could explain it, but we, there's no way to explain it because whatever is happening is happening in the realm of the spirit. To live in the realm of the spirit, it takes faith. To live in the prophetic in Christ, there, there are three requirements, I believe, to live in the, in the prophetic in Christ. The first one is that you must be born again. The second one is that you must be able to stand in the righteousness of Christ. And the third one is that you must have faith to hear the voice of God. Have faith that you can hear God, perceive God, know God. You must have these three things, be born again. You must not only be born again, but you must also believe that you can hear God. Right. And so coming to this realm, standing in the righteousness of Christ is very important in the prophetic. To live the spiritual life, to overcome carnality, living in righteousness. I'm not saying forcing yourself to do right things. I'm not talking about moral uprightness. I have to be, I have to be very emphatic about this one. I'm not talking to you about moral uprightness. I am talking about standing in the righteousness of Christ. How do I mean? You see, there are people in the world that are, that are morally upright. They don't steal. They don't lie. They don't smoke. They don't fornicate. They don't covet. They, they, have, they have lived by this principle as a matter of a value system it is adhering to high moral standards high moral standards does not make you a christian i remember one day i was in london and i went to when i was in london i was going to the anglican church so it was during the 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 length season then I was there and the priest came in and said that for Lent, he's given up two things. He's given up smoking and drinking. <laughs> the Anglican priest, that's what he said. I'm not lying to you. For Lent, that is what he was fasting from. So, so for the next 40 days, he was neither going to smoke or drink. He's a priest, but you see, 
his 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 perception of morality is different from your perception perception of morality. To him, drinking and smoking is a norm. It's just something he likes to do. It appeals to his senses. Right. And so I'm not talking about when we talk about because when I say born again, I know we all understand about standing in the righteousness of Christ. That is a different thing. It means to stand in the righteousness of Christ means Means that is the way you make you make with God. Um, Colossians chapter one, verses nine and ten. Colossians chapter one, verses nine and ten. Can you post that one for me? It is about our walk with God, and here the Apostle Paul is admonishing us in this manner. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you that you, that do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. So, you see, standing in the uprightness of God begins with standing, knowing, being filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all spiritual wisdom you see it didn't say in carnal wisdom it said spiritual wisdom and understanding so this understanding too is a spiritual understanding verse 10 said that so as to walk in a manner worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So this is what it means to stand in the righteousness of God. This is when we say somebody is righteous. In 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 in, in a more practical sense, this is what it means. You have spiritual wisdom, you have spiritual understanding, and not only that. You are walking in a manner that is fully pleasing God, such that you are bearing fruit in everything that you are doing. And this is also leading to increasing. You see, the more you walk in this dimension, the more you know God. Now, remember, the Bible says that God is spirit. So it means that to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to know God and to walk with God requires that we live in the spirit. And to live in the spirit is a prophetic walk. That is what is important. To live in the spirit is a prophetic walk. But you see, this is the absurdity attached to the prophetic. That is because we are carnal, and because we are sensual and because we are motivated by the great woman called a prostitute, everything that we do, we make it too weird. We make it too weird. There are things that God requires of us that are weird to do. It is true. 
But you see, the absurdity of the prophetic is that we allow carnality to creep in. The last time you were sick, and whilst you were sick and you prayed, the Lord said that, take water and put some salt in it and drink it. You did it and all of a, all of a sudden the disease went away. The next thing that we know, anybody that comes to you and says that I have a headache, your first prescription is that take water, put salt in it. Was that for you or was that for them? It leads to the absurdity of the prophetic. It means that carnality has crept in. Do you know why we have a lot of failing prophecies in church? I'm not talking about the bad ones. The bad ones are not supposed to come to pass. We are supposed to pray and avert it. So every, in quotes, bad prophecy that we have been able to successfully pray away means that we've done our job. But there are good things that God has said about our lives that when it doesn't come to pass, it should be of concern. For instance, um, on Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday, I, I, I was telling us that I had a strong feeling that Auntie Wendy, between that time and the 21st of December, was going to have a series of dreams. And I don't know, but in particular, the Lord was so much emphasizing in my spirit that 21st, that something might should happen in her dream life by the 21st of December. And if it doesn't happen, and as uh, and I've come to say this publicly, so let's have, let's 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 just imagine that nothing happens. What am I doing? What I am doing is that because, for instance, maybe I've gone to listen to a message, and in that message the person was saying that eh, eh, I had a wild dream. And in the dream, I saw this, and I saw that, and I saw this, and I saw that. And I know, and I, I have kept that word in my spirit. And when I've come, I've come to, to look spiritual, I have to say something. To look spiritual, I have to say something that will make people think I am spiritual. Like, oh, I see the angel of the Lord. It is the absurdity of the prophetic. That is the absurdity. You see, people are forcing themselves to be spiritual when they are not. And that is when the absurdity of the prophetic creeps in. And that is why we can have people that can stand, give word of knowledge, give word of wisdom. The next thing that you see, you see them smoking, you see them drinking, you see them fornicating, you see them committing adultery, you see them lying, you see them defrauding people. Why? Because they are pretending to be what they are not. You see, our carnal nature is the gift that the first Adam gave us. Now, our spiritual nature is the gift that the second Adam gave us. And that is why when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, especially from verse 49 going, it tells us that the first Adam is of the earth, earthy, and the second Adam is of heaven. The first Adam is 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 is, is, a, is, is a being that produces death. 
The second Adam is a being that produces life. So, now that we have been born with our natural carnal nature, and now that we have been born again, we have been ushered spiritual nature. And that is why, in fact, when we read the book of Ephesians, it says that we are blessed with him and we are seated in him in heavenly realms. Because everything about this second nature that we have received is spiritual. The resurrection that you and I received through our profession and confession of faith in Christ, it is a spiritual regeneration that took place. This new nature that we have received, it is a spiritual new nature that we have received. But you see, we are supposed to master this spiritual nature. And when we fail to master this spiritual nature, carnality will creep in. And when carnality creeps in, we become weird Christians. And I'm not saying weird in the sense of Akwanche. I'm saying weird in the sense that we don't stand in our right positions. And because we are not standing in our right position, everything that we say is off. We say things that don't make sense to God and the angels. That's the absurdity of the prophetic. We see young men and young women designed to prophesy so much that they are doing all kinds of weird things. Weird things. And, and God is sitting on high and he's saying that, you know, this thing that you are desiring for, it is just my nature. It is my nature. It is the nature that I have gifted you in Christ Jesus. All you have to do is actually accept the, the tenets and the rules and the regulations that governs this nature live by the the requirement of this nature and see your life transformed. Everybody wants to prophesy. But we are prophesying not by the Spirit of God, but we are prophesying by the Spirit of Babylon. You know, when people prophesy, when, when people prophesy they feel like prophesying is what will make people like them it will that's where they can get money from people but that is not the true nature of prophecy that's not the true nature of prophecy a lot of people say all kinds of things about christianity a lot of things see all kinds of things about God. A lot of things, a lot of people say, oh, they try to talk about Jesus without really knowing Jesus. Because we cannot know Jesus in the flesh. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are told that now therefore, know no man after the flesh. Know no man after the flesh. Christ cannot be known in the flesh. God cannot be known in the flesh. The Holy Spirit cannot be known in the flesh. And that is why we have people blaspheming God 
people talking against Christianity, talking against Jesus, because they are simply, you know, in the book of Jude, the apostle Jude made this fine observation. He says that these people, let's 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 read the book of Jude. He said that these people they speak of dignitaries without understanding. They talk about things that they don't understand. And, and he was saying this in reference to, he said that even Michael, when he was fighting the Satan for the body of Moses, he did not bring reviling words against him. But understanding protocol, understanding the spirituality of the whole fight, he said that the Lord rebuke you. But there are people they don't have understanding. And they talk about things they don't understand. Verse 4, Jude chapter 1 verse 4. It says that, For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people, that is one, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our holy master, and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal things under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet, in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, this is where the absurdity comes in, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, blaspheme the glorious ones these people relying on their dreams so uh, go, apostle paul puts it this way he said that let us not go on talking about you know ascetism Ascetism is the worship of angels. And I saw an angel, and the angel was black, and the angel was purple, and the angel was... These people are always talking about, I saw something. I saw a spiritual being. I saw, and he looked this way, and he looked that way, and he said this, and he said that. The sense is that, but these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. You see, so we talked about carnality makes us instinctive. It makes us responsive. These people, they do that. So there is a realm where Christians become weird. The things we talk about doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense to man. It doesn't even make sense to God. It doesn't make sense to 
the angels. And that is the absurdity of the prophetic. You force a narrative from God because you want somebody to like you. You want somebody to favor you. You want somebody to sow a seed. You want to, you want to, um, what do you call it? You, you want to defraud people in the name of God. And you try to use spirituality as the cloak of deception. It is something that you and I, as we are journeying upward, we must guard against. It is something that you and I, in our, in our pursuit of the uncommon life, must guard against. This is the danger of carnality. You see, the danger of carnality in, in, in connection with what I'm talking about, the absurdity of the prophetic, is that you are going to come to a, a place in your life concerning a particular situation or an event that the only answer to that situation or event would have to be a spiritual result. But because you are not spiritual and you are not qualified to dispense that spiritual solution. Now remember, 1 Corinthians 12, the spiritual solution is going to come through the use of the gift by the administration of the spirit the, the the spiritual solution is going to come by the administration of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and the solution is going to come by the operations of God, the Father Himself. But you see, you have to be spiritually aligned to be able to tap into these dimensions and cause the influence of these dimensions to be manifested in the situation. But you are going to get to that place that you realize that you don't have the answer. And because you don't have to, the answer, but the Bible says that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God thereof. You are going to use pretense to try to deceive the people. And that is why sometimes the preacher is preaching and he knows that he is not sensing God. He knows that what he is saying, it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense to him, he himself or herself. But he's, he, because he wants the people to be excited, he will say something like, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's not feeling anything. He's not feeling anything. Oh, I sense God in this atmosphere. But maybe he's not sensing God in the atmosphere. Oh, I, I feel I feel in my spirit that he, he has he has to pay his children's school fees. He needs six thousand cities, or let's say he needs a thousand dollars to solve his problem. And he knows that he doesn't have that money. So in that occasion, he, he when he was entering the building, he saw some Range Rovers parked, he saw some Mercedes Benzes parked, he saw some Jaguars parked, he saw some Bentleys so as he is preaching, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I feel God. And I sense the Holy Spirit telling me there are 10 people here. And you are supposed to show $5,000 that God will do a great work in your life. I, I, if it is God that is telling you that it is five people, how is it that when six people come, you are still receiving the money? 
when God saw that there are more people coming, God all of a sudden became generous. <laughs> oh, dear Lord Jesus. The absurdity of the prophetic. Because carnality creeps in, we profane the holy things of God. You see, I am saying this to say this. The prophetic, which is the testimony of Jesus, is the most beautiful gift that the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ as the chief administrator of the church and the Father as the chief convener of the church has given the body of Christ. Prophecy is is a holy thing. I want to say some things, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hold my horses now. We, we have made, even the arena of prophesying, we have made it to become an entertainment center. But people of God, what I'm saying is this. Canality is dangerous because what it does is that it profanes the holy things of God. The things that are supposed to become our transport systems into the holy things of God, these things are being profaned by canality. Giving is being profaned by canality. Prayer is being profaned by canality. Bible study is being profaned by carnality. Meditation is being profaned by carnality. Even conversations are being profaned by carnality. But these are the holy channels that God gave us to help us to transport into his spiritual realm, to experience his holiness, his righteousness, his majesty, his purity, his grandeur. But we are profaned all these things because of carnality. We have added the human element to it. Can we go back to the days of the Bible? Can we go back to the testimony of Jesus? People of God. In this season, and as I said on Tuesday, in the season that is coming, we are entering that period where we are entering into the restoration of the temple and the temple systems of God because Jesus is coming back. And how things are properly done in the house of God, it is going to be restored. God is going to restore the proper administrations of his presence, of his power, of his grace, of his love, of his mercy. A lot of carnality has crept in. Our sensuality has profaned the holy things of God. You know, that pastor keeps laying hands on one lady in particular in church 
by the time they found out, they realized that anytime he was laying hands, his, his hands was traveling. <laughs> his hands was traveling. He, he, and as the woman was falling, you he would try and see her, and you he, he grabbed the breast small and he says, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> bring her, bring her, bring her, bring her back. He said, There's something on your chest. I have to take it. Then he put his hands on the breast. <laughs> He is totally in the flesh. Or three feelings. <laughs> the absurdity of the prophetic. And because he is seeing things and saying things that are true, we allow it to fly. A man of God told his story, he said that, Every time there was this lady that would come for prayers after church, I saw from mommy. And when you pray for me, every time you pray for me, I have a good week. Apparently, the, the woman was so obsessed with the pastor. And he, because he knew that the pastor was married and he would she would never be able to get the pastor to fornicate with her, she had developed her heart and her mind to the point that any touch by that man on any part of her body will produce a certain sensation that can sustain her for the week. So every week he comes, she comes to receive feelings for the week. <laughs> Canality. Canality. Canality has made People who are supposed to become teachers of the word want to become prophets. Carnality has made people who are supposed to become evangelists call themselves apostles. Carnality has made wives that are supposed to call themselves wives say that we are equal partners in this marriage. Carnality has made husbands that are supposed to be loving husbands become dictators and authoritarians and terrorists in marriages. Carnality. Carnality. Sensuality. Carnality. Anybody that lives under sensuality and carnality know that you are a citizen of great Babylon. And do you know that the most dangerous part of it? You know how when we read Revelation 17, he said that when she opened her mouth, she spewed blasphemies. Do you know that a lot of people have missed their miracles? Their divine touch by the spirit because they blasphemed against the Holy Ghost. They saw somebody praying. And they looked at that person, the way the person was praying, like, you are in church, and all of a sudden you are distracted. You are always overdoing things. Completely distracted. Sometimes we are in church. We said church will close at 10. Then all of a sudden it's 
then instead of appreciating God, all of a sudden you are angry. You are angry that the pastor said that the church will close at 10 and now it's 10, 15 and the church is still in session. And because of that, we miss God, carnality. We don't even know what God is doing in the season. Carnality, it's, it, it has made us miss out on the people miss out on the great things of God. And that is why the Apostle Paul, when he was talking about prophecy, he says that, do not despise prophecy. Do not despise it. It is the testimony of Jesus. Don't despise it. You can judge it. You can scrutinize it. You can analyze it. But don't despise it. And because many of us, we have despised prophecy in our heart, we have missed out on opportunities to experience the spiritual nature of God. People of God, I don't know what you are struggling with. But you see, I want God to deliver me from the absurdity of the prophetic. I don't want to be attached to raising white handkerchiefs. That signifies that I have victory in the spirit. Because the last time I heard the pastor saying that, and I waved my hand, white handkerchief, and the Lord said I had victory in the spirit. I, I, I don't want to be attached to the fact that it is the anointing oil. And, and so, oh, and, and they poured oil on me. So I know. I, I don't want to be attached to fetishism in the spirit. I want to be attached to Jesus. I want to be attached to the things of the Holy Spirit. I want to be attached to the directions and the directives of the Spirit. I don't want to incline my heart to fetishism. Some people, the only time you sow seed is when you are in a difficult struggle. And you want God to give you a breakthrough. That's the only time you go and sow a seed. And even that one, you are sowing to the wind. Because you are not sowing in that, you are sowing to your flesh. It's a sensual response. You went and, and, and you heard that, oh, you are going to die in the next three days. One of the things I say is this. We hear prophecies like, the person is one, an unbeliever. Listen to me. The person is one, an unbeliever. He doesn't know God. He doesn't trust God. His lifestyle tells us that this person is an enemy of God. And you go and tell this person that, oh, the Lord says that if you don't do A, B, C, D, if you don't turn away from you, uh, I see that death is coming. Then you go ahead to say that, go and come and sow this seed to me. That is, that's the first absurdity of the prophetic. And the second thing is that go and we tell this person that we've seen a vision and in this vision you are dying. And in order to avert the avert the death, um, come and sow a seed and go and do a donation to the orphanage. The question I am asking is, in God revealing that this person is about to die, this person who is an unbeliever, this person whose lifestyle 
tells the world that he is an enemy of God. Which is more important to God? Is it the soul of the person or that person trying to buy his way out of death from God? You see, we are lying to people. The absurdity of the prophetic is that we are lying to people. We are not letting people know the heart of God. And anything that that delves into absurdity is an extreme form of the truth. We say something is absurd when we see that it it is such a deviation from the truth. And a lot of people are being led into hell because of the absurdity of the prophetic. And that is because many have not yet understood that carnality is the motivating factor behind all these extreme visions, extreme prophecies. Somebody wants to, I don't know if you have realized, I I don't force myself to prophesy if I have nothing. I not see everything that I, I stand here to say that God says. One day I'm going to stand before him and I'm going to justify to him whether he is the one that told me to say it. And if he is the one that told me to say it, did I say it in the way he wanted me to say it? I am not very eager to prophesy to anybody. I'm not very eager to prophesy to him because I'll give account of every word because the testimony of Jesus is a holy thing. The, this this is this is this is what i end with tonight in the old picture in the in the old covenant we had something called the ark of covenant and in the ark of covenant there was something that was put in the commandments and the commandment was called the testimony of god and this testimony was put in the Ark of Covenant. So the Ark of Covenant was called the Ark of Testimony. And the Ark of Testimony or the Ark of Covenant that contained the testimony of God, the most holy place that only the high priest could access. And on in this Ark of Covenant, the, the seat of the or the cover of the cover of the box was called the mercy seat. And on the mercy seat stood two cherubs. The cherubim stood on the left and the right on the mercy seat protecting the testimony so how has the testimony of jesus become so profane in our time i've I've even heard people say that i need five people to give me this amount or i won't prophesy (laughs) (laughs) it is serious it is serious it is serious we we have entered into the season god bless you for listening maranatha the lord comes 